Wise Turtle Speaks is a series of offerings merging philosophy, physics, math, biology, psychology, sociology, education, art, politics, and even love together. We will explore the patterns of our consciousness as it moves through space and time and use those patterns to better understand and solve our problems in all four dimensions of the universe. Namaste! Welcome to Generation XYZ. Pretty cool. I didn't name it. That wasn't me. I didn't come up with that. But I think it's one of the most brilliant things out there. And I don't think anybody realizes why it's so brilliant, except me. And I'm going to share that with you, why it's so brilliant that we have generations X, Y, and Z right now uh, coming into their their own. Um, okay. I'm going to start with the whole um, getting this out of the way of what the heck is a generation. It, it doesn't really mean anything, um, but the the most commonly agreed upon idea is that it's uh, 20 years. Why? Well, it's sort of the time period that um, someone goes from birth to uh, procreation ability to make a baby. Um it's expanded. Interestingly, usually things seem to go faster with societies um, as they grow, but uh, we're actually going the other way around, that, that modern society, advanced society, seems to have children later in life, um, which is great because their parents are more mature. I think that's fantastic. People are having children in their 30s and even 40s, their first kids or only kid. In their 30s and 40s, which is lovely. But anyway, um, the, the, the basic idea of a generation is 20 years. Um, and obviously, people born, you know, at the beginning of that time period and the end of that time period are going to be quite different. They're going to be more like the other generations that are previous or after them. So, but anyway, the general idea is that it's 20 years. And um, I generally say I agree with the people who... Um, say that it it goes uh, at the beginning of each um, um, decade. So it's two decades. Um, I'm it, It's somewhat arbitrary, but I like to sort things out the way that I've done it. It makes the most sense to me. So anyway, so we're going to start with Generation X, which initially <laughs> started, I think, in the, like, 40s or something. But... Um, uh, it sort of caught on as calling the younger generation, the, the folks in the 50s and 60s, as Generation X. Um, when I was growing up in the 70s and 80s, people in the, who, were in their who were born in the 50s and 60s were called Generation X. Generation X now has, has referred to like almost everything in the <laughs> in like most of the 19th century. I mean, the 1900s, um, and even somewhat into people born in this deck in this century, which is really ridiculous. But I'm sticking with um, Generation X is born in the 50s and 60s. Then Generation Y is born in the 70s and 80s. And then Generation Z is born in the 90s and aughts or noughts, uh, the 
first 10 years of this century. So we have these three generations and um, I have just now looked at this and decided um, that XYZ is, I mean, I thought XYZ was pretty perfect. I even got, I even bought a domain name, which was called government3d.xyz, which I haven't put anything on. I, I don't think, I don't know what I've done with it. I haven't seen it in a long time. There may be something there. Um, I'll take a look. <laughs> Maybe I'll put something there. Um, just because they were giving they were giving away the XYZ or almost giving away the XYZ domains uh, for a buck for a year, so I grabbed one. Um, but anyway, XYZ is, as you know, probably the way we graph three dimensional objects. Um, and that seems especially appropriate because I've always or almost since the beginning, called uh, Generation Z the 3D generation. Um, and not because it was Generation XYZ or Generation Z, but because it was the generation of people who were focusing on, um, well, looking at, looking at the world in, in three-dimensional ways. We, we've mostly, for the past forever, really, looked at things in two-dimensional ways um, with screens and books and diagrams and photographs and um, paintings, you know, flat things uh, with two dimensions. And that's how we sort of figured things out and sorted things out and communicated things. Um, you know, yes, we've obviously had movies and we've had plays and things like that, but, but primarily when it comes to communicating, we've, we've been mostly doing it in two dimensions. And now I see that these that this new generation is learning to communicate in three dimensions, either on using video. I mean, look at all the the social media now. I'm pretty much if you look on Facebook now, um, and I, and I understand that this is part of the algorithm. They the the number one things that they're going to let you see of what people post. Just in case you don't know, Facebook doesn't let you see everything. Um, Facebook um, curates what you see of what your friends have posted. Um, so there are a lot of things that you may never see that your friends are posting there, you know, happily posting away, sharing wonderful things, and Facebook will never show them to you unless you go to that person's um, profile page or whatever they call it, um, their specific page, um, their timeline, I guess is what they call it. Um, but anyway, uh, that the the number one thing that Facebook um, shows you, their top priority thing that they show you is videos, um, and that can be for whatever reason it is. It's not necessarily they're saying, "Oh, this generation is speaking in three dimensions," um, <clears throat> and of course, yes, uh, video is three dimensions. It's it's two dimensions of space and then one of time, in uh, which is different, obviously, from sculpture or something like that, which is, you know, three dimensions of space and basically none of time. It stays the same over time. Um, and then four dimensions, obviously, is, is reality, which is all three dimensions of space and time. So things change. Um, so anyway, so, um, yeah, our, our, this, this generation that's up and coming uh, into the 
workforce right now um, into the into the sort of larger community of, of politics and ideas and things um, who were born those again those were the folks born in the 90s and uh, first decade of the 2000s and they are uh, communicating in video they're communicating a virtual reality which again is 3d um, they're communicating in in sort of more collaborative stuff um, I I don't even want to I, I can't even grasp some of the ways that that they're communicating it's this one guy I know who's who's trying to design a social media platform and I have no it's, he's got like it's sort of a network sort of messy web thing of little circles and stuff and and I have no idea what he's talking about but he does and he's very excited about it um, and he is of that I believe believe he's of a slightly younger generation than me um, he's not actually generation z but um, he's designing stuff for generation z from what i can tell anyway so generation xyz is this is the culmination of three different generations uh groundwork uh laying down the ability of our whole culture society planet earth group um humans group of humans um to to see things in all of the all of these dimensions at once um, to really communicate and understand things in a three-dimensional way not four-dimensional again but we are four-dimensional beings and we're understanding things in a three-dimensional way uh, so it's making a model of something so we are leaving out some information when we do this um, you know, when you write a book, you're leaving out, obviously, all the visuals and all of the audio and all of the smells and tastes. Um, you're literally just getting a, a linear progression of a story, an experience. So that's a two-dimensional representation, two-dimensional model of a four-dimensional reality. Um, a book is is somewhat three-dimensional in that it is linear, but you're only reading one piece at a time, so it's 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 fractal. You know, all dimensions are fractal. Everything is, you know, has a little bit existing in another dimension. Uh, but anyway, so what I just discovered, what I just looked at is um, right now we're in, um, if you look at the four dimensions of political government diagram that I have, which... Um, maps the the basic person the four dimensions of personality which also map into the mbti um, and other things but um, in this case i'm using it to look at uh, not individual humans or individual minds but individual cultures and sort of political thinking movements whatever you want to call it the the, the basic governing structure that people sort of mainstream um society is governed by and right now we're in the 111 um, stage which is the top of the three-dimensional stage uh, which I call the us versus the unknown where uh, the, the goal the motivation is I want us to get everything we need to be healthy as opposed to the previous goals which were more um, ethnocentric and familial and and uh, egocentric in the not necessarily healthy way, but you know, 
could be healthy if you did it right, but basically focused on on just me and what I need, um, which are the libertarian authoritarian uh, approaches, and then the second this this two dimensional set, which is familial and, and ethnocentric, or the us versus them uh, set of dem- democratic and uh, republican approaches, um, and then this more recent uh, grouping of the three-dimensional um, approaches are the us versus the unknown. And that I, right now I've got it listed as socialism and, oh, I don't even know what I've put the 101 or 101 level. I think I've lab- labeled it as labor. Um, that's, I think that's the last one I've had there. I, I do not like any of those terms. Um, I'm not a historian. This is not really my forte. So if somebody else has a, a better understanding of what um, really understands what I'm using for these dimensions, the input and output for first person, second person, third person, can go back and look at those things. Um, they would know better than I I did. Um, the Enlightenment is probably in there. In fact, the Enlightenment is probably what I've labeled as socialism. I don't know. Um, I, I also thought imperialism, that uh, that third-person output, second-person, first-person input combination might be the, the imperialism of, um, um, especially like Great Britain, where they just, they went everywhere and they told everyone else what to do and, and they were, you know, they thought they were doing good for these other people. You know, they were going into, you know, Australia and Africa and everywhere else on the planet, practically the United States. And um, you know, before it was the United States, they, they were going everywhere and sort of invading and taking over. And But thinking that they were doing it, you know, they, they thought it was a moral thing that they were obligated to do because they were taking care of these, these primitives, these savages. Um, so anyway, um, I, those, those, some of those labels are terrible. Um, so feel free to ignore them and come up with better ones if you if you understand what I'm talking about with these these different dimensions. Um, but anyway, the, the the top level, which is where we are now, which I do pretty well understand. Um, I I don't again have a perfect term for it. We we don't have great terms for these large cultural movements sometimes um, because they are messy and uh, historians aren't generally so great at naming things. <laughs> Um, uh, but anyway, they don't, they don't like to make up their own names. They like to stick with names that exist and you can't, you can't name something until you've seen it from outside it very well. So anyway, um, the current, I don't know what the current, current thing I have on there, I think is the Jeremy Rifkin term, which is the one I've liked the most, which I think is, uh, created, uh, collaborative commons or cooperative commons. I, I've written down cooperative commons, but I I think he actually said collaborative commons. Um, but whatever I've got labeled there, I'm looking at an old copy of the one I have, <laughs> which I've written all over. Um, but anyway, that, that level is the, um, is the top level of this, this group of three-dimensional modeling. Um, and that is the 111, which is output on all first-person, second-person, and third-person dimensions. Now, this is where it gets to the XYZ stuff. Um, I'm saying that the XYZs 
are these three gener- are these three um, perspective taking dimensions. And so X was the first one, which was first person. So generation X is focused on. Uh, we were sort of the navel gazers saying, what the heck do we want to do? We don't want to do what everybody else did before us. We don't like the previous generation's approach to the world. Um, we saw, you know, in the, in the 70s and 80s, especially in the 80s, we saw, um, you know, the, oh my goodness, the corporate, like, insanity of... Um, you know, everybody just out for themselves and trying to make money and profits and all of it about, you know, scamming people and pretending that it was exactly what you were supposed to be doing and, and making as much money as possible. Um, I think the, the classic, um, the classic movie of, of the, it was actually, it was funny. It was, it was played by the actors were generation x actors but they were playing the roles it was like it was like a little kids game you know role playing uh their parents and pretending to be their parents and it was the secret of my success um and also working girl but the secret of my success uh with um uh um michael um ah, can't think of his name the guy who has parkinson's now a real sweet, short, adorable kid who was in Family Ties. Michael Keaton. He was Michael Keaton in Family Ties. I'm sorry. Um, I can't think of his name. You know who I'm talking about. Anyway, see, good, look up Secret of My Success if you have never seen it. Um, you, should, you should watch it. And it is the epitome of uh, what Generation X saw generation the, the previous generation, which I guess was the baby boomers. Um, although... Sometimes people think there was a generation between Generation X and the baby boomers. I'm a little confused about that again. And again, I'm not a historian. <laughs> I go back to my own generation and not much further. Um, so Secret of My Success is, is what Generation X thought of the previous generation's insanity of, you know, this is a horrible way to live. We don't want to be this way. Um, so we went into navel gazing, which is why we were called the slacker generation. We We said... We, we put a freeze on things. We said, stop. We're not going to, none of this is working. We have to recenter ourselves and refocus on what the heck, you know, we human beings are meant to be doing. So we were very self-focused, um, trying to understand, you know, what we really wanted out of life, what was really important, what was meaningful to us, what made us feel, you know, like human beings, what made us feel alive. And um, another person who sort of epitomizes Generation X, for me at least, um, especially because I believe he was in, oh no, they didn't make a movie of Generation X, did they? Um, the book by Douglas Copeland, they mo- made a movie by, made a movie of the other book that was sort of Generation X, um, which was the, the druggy movie, um, which Robert Downey Jr. was in. Um, can't think of it. I actually just rewatched it fairly recently because it was on the shelf at the library, the DVD. Um, but uh, yeah, I can't think of the name of that movie. Um, but it was Robert Downey Jr. in um, pl- playing a um, cocaine addict, uh, drug addict, just in general. And um, so Robert Downey Jr. for me sort of just epitomizes Generation X for me. 
because he he did go through that whole thing. He was a he was a brilliant young actor, brilliant person, beautiful, compassionate. Um, I saw a documentary he made about his his life and his and his father, um, and his father was a, a very politically active person as well. And so he so he had this passion, but he just didn't know what to do with it. And and just felt so lost in society because our society was so screwed up and so focused on on this on the sick stuff, the greed and the and the hoarding and the um the the false ego, not not the not true egotistical in the healthy sense, not true egocentric, healthy, you know, believing in oneself and, and having confidence in, in one's one's core beauty and dreams, but the, the false ego of, of rejecting one's dreams and instead replacing those dreams with this, this sick, addictive behavior. Um, and so, yeah, the Generation X, you know, not everyone, but, but you know, the, the more passionate people out there did struggle and a lot of people fell into drugs and, you know, there are other people. I just fell into depression in general, um, and made art. And, you know, so we were, we looked like we were the slackers, but we were actually, you know, just completely in a free state, rejecting, you know, all the horrible things, the Vietnam War and the World War II and all of it. We were just rejecting all of that and saying, stop, we need to recenter. So we were focused um, on ourselves and on, you know, absolute the core of what it means to be a human being. Um, and, you know, what we wanted to do as human beings. What was our purpose in life? And then Robert Downey Jr., again, the epitome of, of this Generation X, he, he went through this struggle and then he overcame it and he, he found himself. Um, you know, he went on a, a sort of soul-seeking journey, you know, with the help of some other people and, and found some support um, in some of his friends who believed in him and was given Iron Man uh, as a role, in that very first one, and that was sort of the changing of his abilities to say this is what it means to be a human I'm not saying iron man the movie itself was saying that although you know to some extent you can find things in there about how uh you know the storyline literally was uh, uh the previous generation's you know idea of success and then you know coming to coming to to see that you know where that led to all this war and and destruction and and anger and rage and repression and stuff you know all that led what all that led to was terrible and so you know tony stark again representing the generation you know if you think about it rejected all that and said, no, I'm going to use my, my skills and my, my dreams and my passion for something good, something beneficial. Now, again, Iron Man is not a great superhero <laughs> representation because it's, it's still very destructive and warlike and everything, which is pointed out in the movies and stuff. Um, but as a whole, that, that does represent a really nice transition. So the Generation X went through the... The, the freeze stage of just saying we've we've lost our direction as humanity, you know, starting with World War Two, actually World War One to some extent, but World War Two really hit it, you know, 
the horribleness of what we were all trying to do as a, as a species. And, uh, and even with the environment, you know, cause we got in the seventies essentially were when the, uh, the sort of environmental movement started showing up. So generation X really grow up with this, this said, okay, just stop, stop. Let's refocus and figure out what humanity is all about. What, what do I really want to do as a human being? What are my dreams? Um, and then we figured that out. And so, you know, at some point in the late nineties, I guess, maybe early two thousands, we really started figuring out who we are and what we want, um, as a generation, as a whole, not perfectly, but we really kind of started getting there. And so generation Y started coming along and they said, okay, generation X is, you know, has laid the groundwork for this communication tool, the internet, um, which, you know, not necessarily Generation X didn't, didn't totally develop it, but, but we sort of brought it into, um, into mainstream society. The previous generations, um, the, the, the Kevin Kellys and, and uh, all the well, um, if you look up the history of the well back on the internet, they were the sort of um, the whole Earth catalog folks uh, were a big part of that and, and the Dyson family and all of those people who were just slightly older than Generation X. Um, they were beginning of the internet, but then the Generation X really sort of brought it into, um, you know, mainstream society and, and brought it into homes. Um, you know, the, the Steve Jobs was Generation X, as as is Bill Gates. Um, they're slightly older than me, but they're still Gen X. And uh, so, yeah, so so Gen Y came along and said, okay, so Gen X brought this, this what are we going to do as humanity that we, we figured out that we want to, that we want to connect to one another. That's part of what we want to do as individuals. We want to connect to other people around the world of all sorts um, and not just the people who are physically next to us. And we want to connect in, in basically real time. So that's what Generation X left Generation Y to deal with, to, to play with. And so Generation Y, which I see is the second person output of XYZ, and they focused on just playing with one another, um, literally just saying, okay, what do we want to do together? What do we, you know, you and me, let's, let's go make something. Um, and the internet just absolutely supported that on a global scale, um, interpersonal connections, people making friends with people all over the world and doing stuff. I mean, the stuff that they were, they were doing, you know, was just kind of random. And that's why I call this generation... Uh, the circus generation, because they were just kind of playing around. And what did they play? Video games. They played online multiplayer video games. Um, MM Orps or what do you, whatever the <laughs> MMOs, MM Orps. Um, multi, multiplayer, massive multiplayer. Yeah, now we're getting into massive. But before then, Generation Y, when they were growing up, they were playing not so massive. They were just playing multiplayer video games, you know, with one or two other people most of the time. Um, so they were second person output. They were saying, okay, what can we do together? What do we want to do? Um, they weren't really navel gazing. They were outward gazing. They were looking at their friends and their, their buddies around the world um, next to them and on the internet uh, playing games mostly. And getting onto things like Facebook and MySpace and LiveJournal and 
Reddit and, you know, these, these spaces where they could connect with other individuals on a more personal level. Not so much Reddit. Reddit is more Generation Z, I think. Um, but it was made by Generation Y, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the, the guys who founded, yeah, Alexis Ohanian and his pals, I think are all Gen Y. Um, yeah, because they, they were at Tufts University when I was, um, in, like, in my 30s, I think. They're just a bit younger than me. Um, I'm 46, by the way, in case you're wondering. <laughs> I was born, born in 1969, right on the tail end of Gen X, um, which is why I tend to connect with Gen Y, too, pretty well. Um, so, so Gen X was, was first person output. We focused on what we wanted to be as a species, you know, what individuals wanted to do, what our dreams were. And then Gen Y was second person output, the, the circus generation, you know, let's just play around. Let's see what we can do together. You know, you and me, what can we, what can we make? Um, what can we do? And what do we want to do? And there's still kind of getting to that point where they want to sort themselves out and say, yes, okay, now we went in it. We don't just want to play video games. We actually want to, as one of my favorite Gen Y people of all time, <laughs> um, the lovely and, and very wonderful uh, video game with a purpose persons out there, um, um, who I'm literally blanking on her name right now. Um, I, <laughs> that's pretty funny. Um, I've seen her name like a bazillion times in the last couple of weeks too. Um, and she was even on the TED talk that I just listened to. I mean, the TED radio hour that I just listened to. Um, uh, Jane McGonigal just had to get there. I had to talk. I had to think for a second. Okay. Jane McGonigal. Oh my goodness. She's Gen Y. She's like the peak of Gen Y. Um, she she even went through like a struggle of herself, which which wasn't um, which wasn't at all socially. Uh, it, it wasn't something that she encountered socially. It was something she encountered uh, physically. She hit her head. Uh, she fell and hit, hit her head and got a concussion, and that was her big challenge that she overcame and got her into sort of navel gazing in the sense of you know what do we want to do. Um, you and me, how can we work together to, to improve this situation? Uh, so, so yeah, uh, Gen Y is finally starting to see that uh, what individuals can do together is help one another grow and help one another, you know, take care of their needs and, and um, use this communication tool to, to improve, you know, sort of day-to-day -day life um, interpersonal relations and, you know, everything from the quantified self, which may sound self-focused, but the quantified self is all about connecting with other people and comparing oneself to another person and sort of playing, you know, a gameful approach to improving one's health. Um, so it's actually an interpersonal relationship. Um, so that's Gen Y and now Gen Z. Now Gen Z are the young folks there just starting to really come into their own um you know they were born in the the 90s and early you know the, the aughts knots whatever term you want to use for this, the the first decade of 2000s um and so they're they're really struggling right now they are um 
what are we what are we calling this? Oh, what's the the millennials? Um, you know, these are the people who have come into a society, a, a an economic political structure that just absolutely does not support their needs whatsoever. Um, it's just completely ignorant of of what young people need to grow up, and has failed them utterly in the in the physiological sense. Um, so this is the generation that is that is seriously living with their parents, um, barely, if at all, being able to afford to go to college and, and get an education, and certainly barely being able to get work in mainstream society. And instead, they're they're sort of branching out on their own, on being entrepreneurs, and um, and just reinventing the whole concept of what it means to do work. These are people facing the idea that their jobs, the jobs that are out there that are available to them, are either low paying below minimum wage often sometimes or at minimum wage which is not a livable wage uh, or they're either they're either completely unsupportive in the monetary sense or their jobs are actually officially being replaced by robots which you hear everywhere now which you can go back and listen to my previous uh, one of my previous podcasts either the last one or the one before that um, about how this is actually a good thing that we want robots to do the menial work. <laughs> and we also want to get rid of the jobs that are, that are menial, like the McDonald's, anybody who works in a McDonald's, let's just get rid of McDonald's because it's just bad. I mean, we can, we could ha- take over McDonald's and make it a healthy nonprofit, you know, company, or we can just get rid of it, you know, depending on what we want to do. There are a lot of those buildings out there and a lot of PR, we could rebrand the whole thing and make it uh, make it actually a healthy, supportive, community-minded thing. Uh, but anyway, um, so Gen Z is, is facing the idea that everything about work, and what is work? Work is the intellectual level of awareness, which is the third dimension, third-person perspective is the intellectual level. So their approach is going to be to figure out what collectively on a on a local more local political and community level um, large community small politics level um, what we want to do as as you know as a collective um, how do we want to organize ourselves how do we want to um, do science and education and work and all of these sort of intellectual sphere things um, in a healthy way. What do we want to do with our science? What do we want to do with education? What is the purpose of all this? What does it mean, um, you know, for us? And and what are our goals? So they're just starting to sort this out. And the thing they have come up with, which, you know, is it's an old idea, but it's it's the thing that they're championing. Again, remember, all generations take, um, I mean, if you look at, at the my Pascal's triangle um, way of how evolution entropy works is that things always divide and then recombine in new ways. This is how our genes do it. This is how all reproduction, whether it's genes or memes or art or 
societies, whatever. This is this is how it seems to always work. Which so things divide, and then um, two different things that have divided recombine. Um, so the you know the neighboring things, you know your your mom and your dad divide into two different you know sets of genes, and then they take half of the genes from your mom and half the genes from your dad and recombine so that you've got a whole new set of genes. They're part of your mom, part of your dad, but not the whole thing. Um, and so that's what, and that's how everything seems to evolve. And that includes um, generations that, you know, one generation takes the, takes something from one, the one previous generation and combines it with something from, either something new or something from an older generation. They can go either direction. Um, something from a future generation, which is kind of a weird concept, but that's how it works. Um, hard, to, hard to imagine how we can get something from the future, but that's called a new idea. Um, so anyway, we, we it, it recombines things in a way that uh, produces a novel culture, society, whatever you want to call it, whatever what do we think generations are, um, you know, representing? It's a, it's a sort of cultural morality ethics set of governing kind of ideas and uh, priorities. And so we've got the first person level in Generation X who focused on what we wanted to do um, just in general and what we decided we wanted to do was was connect with other people, um, and so we made the internet, or we popularized the internet in a you know mainstream kind of way, and put it into the the world so that everybody could use it, or a lot of people could use it. Obviously, still obstacles to that. And then Generation Y took that generated by Generation X, and then used their own goals of what do we want to do together, what do we want to create and make. Um, now that we are able to connect and then what they came up with was that they wanted to sort of make gameful approaches to problem solving, um, you know, health and well-being um, on an interpersonal level and a personal level. So they took, uh, they, they gave that to, they're giving this, this gameful approach to life, uh, to improving oneself and one's, you know, interpersonal relationships to Generation Y. And Generation Y is taking that and they're saying, okay, now what do we want to do on a third person level, intellectual level of, you know, how can we make, improve this intellectually, take this gameful idea um, of improving the, the health and well-being into a larger scale of communities and societies and governments and that level of intellectual system of work. And so they're going to take that gameful thing. And what did they produce? As far as I can see, first, the, the main thing that they're producing, basic income. So they took the ideas from the previous generation and the infrastructure from the previous generation, and they're saying, yes, this basic income thing, this idea of a gameful approach to things where we can, you know, score points for improving our health um, and give people points for improving their health. And um, 
So we got to give people, we got to start people off with enough points to improve their health. And that is what basic income, I think, is. That's what we're, this generation, this generation Y, um, folks born in the, the 90s and early 2000s, are going to be bringing us um, basic income, gameful approach to uh, improving society's health. They're going to give everyone, you know, monopoly points. They're going to give everyone a handful of, of play money and say, which is what, you know, dollars and pounds and yen and all of these pesos and all of these other um, euros, all of these other, you know, little printed pieces of points um, or just points on a, on a computer screen um, in the banking system. Uh, are they're you know they're play money they so they're this generation generation Y is going to give us um, everyone you know the start of the game they're going to give us play money and we can use that play money to improve our health that's what we're supposed to be focusing on because that's what we want we want to be happier and healthier and better off physically and emotionally and intellectually and spiritually or philosophically whatever term you want to use for fourth person perspective so but we're going to mostly focus on the the first three dimensions and that is what generation xyz is bringing us and what is that going to give us something entirely new a procreating planet and the people who are going to be um pulling that off the generation whatever the hell that is generation four dimensions generation space generation whatever whatever they were going to be um the folks who are born right now starting this decade and then the the 2020s um those folks are just going to blow us all away um and if you're not scared of them if you're not afraid of change then they're just going to be amazing they're going to be beautiful inspiring totally incomprehensible <laughs> people um, who are, uh, if you look up what the 1000 uh, dimension is in the MBTI, for example, um, which is the same, the, the same representation, personalities are the same representation as their, their government systems. Um, the 1000 types are the ISFPs, and they are the... Um, the very out there woo woo types who love things like astrology and <laughs> new age and yoga and totally focusing on uh, helping everyone find beauty and truth and sort of exploring the, the, the universe um, when they're healthy, when they're at their healthiest, ISFPs are not necessarily very healthy. Um, but when they're free to do their new agey thing, um, they can actually come up with just some wonderful stuff. It's not practical at all. I will point this out that this next gener that next generation is going to be the most impractical generation ever in the entire <laughs> history of humankind. They're totally impractical, but they're going to help our planet evolve and it'll be the next stage and for better or for worse, it's, and definitely for better overall. Um, yeah, the generation X, Y, Z is going to be incredibly practical and, and, uh, 
and collaborative and then generations, whatever comes after that generation, why um, the folks who are going to be born in the 30s and 40s. So we've got a little time to prepare for this craziness coming then. Um, yeah, that's going to be virtual reality uh, to the extreme, augmented reality, cyborgs, transhumanists, uh, but for real, actual transhumanists. Um, they're going to be, we're, we're going to just, they're going to, they're going to lose us. We're going to be lost. But as long as we embrace it and, and roll with it because we know that it's what's coming and that it's what's needed and how we're evolving, um, we can just enjoy the show. You know, they're going to be, they're going to be entertaining us. Uh, they're going to be giving us what I what we need and entertaining us. And, and we're going to be like, okay, go for it. Um, <laughs> have fun, knock yourselves out. Um, okay. Anyway, I, this has been a lot, much longer than I was expecting, but I went in some very interesting places and went into some detail that I haven't gone into before. Uh, and I don't think anyone else has ever even considered all of this. So I hope you enjoyed it and got something out of it. And if you want to contact me, let me know anything. Um, my email address is thewiseturtle at gmail.com. That's T-H-E-W-I-S-E-T-U-R-T-L-E at gmail, G-M-A-I-L dot com. Uh, you can find me on Reddit, uh, which is, a, a as I said, a gen, it, it's more Gen Y, but it's for Gen Z. Um, so most of the people on it right now are Gen Z, uh, but there are a few of us holdovers from Gen X and Gen Y who are, who are playfully, hopefully, playfully encouraging people to uh, improve their, their health and well-being and, and interpersonal relations uh, so that that generation can, uh, can really do well and flourish uh, at, at creating better communities. Um, so on Reddit, uh, that's www.reddit.com slash user, U-S-E-R, slash turl, T-U-R-I-L. And that's me, and that will be, you will see all of my posts and comments there um, from everything. Um, you can also look into my Holistic Enchilada community on there if you happen to see that listed. Um, that's where I post many of my longer, sort of open-ended thoughts that aren't quite as uh aren't quite as concise as the things that I put in the podcast although you may think that the podcasts are not concise but um, the reddit posts are even less concise usually um or just links um and you can also find my blog uh which is where the podcast is hosted at turl.org that's t-u-r-i-l dot o-r-g and that will forward you to my wordpress blog okay I will leave you with that and namaste